Hey guys, Seth here from Dynadads. I have a few questions for you. Do you have a beautiful bike you'd like to protect? Did you happen to go into a corner a little too fast and run out of talent halfway through and wish you had something to protect your bike? Or did your girlfriend find out about your wife and decide to kick your bike over in the Walmart parking lot? Well, DG Sliders has a product for you. DG Sliders offers top-of-the-line handmade sliders for all different types of bikes. Dynas, M8s, FXRs, Sportsters, and Baggers. They offer products like replacement crash bar pucks, shifter pegs, rear sliders, foot pegs, and they can custom fit for many other bikes and sizes. So make sure to go over to DG Sliders, hit them up, support another Dyna Dad and small business owner, and most importantly, make sure your bike is protected. Thank you, DG Sliders, for supporting us. Now enjoy the rest of the podcast. All right, welcome everybody to the Dyna Dads podcast. This is episode three. We got a pretty good one for you guys today, and uh, hopefully the sponsor was put in before this. Uh, hopefully my brother edited that in. Uh, our official sponsor will be, it'll be a short little ad before this, so hopefully that was edited in. Uh, before we get into this interview with our guest, I would just want to say that I'm loving the pictures and videos that are coming in. Um, if you guys are listening to this and not sure how it's done, uh, either you can tag us in your photos, you can hashtag Dynadad, Dynadads, um, Harley Kids is on there, Dynadads are rad. There's all kinds of hashtags if you look at any of my posts that if you put into any of your pictures, we look at daily and then we share. If you tag us, it's usually the best and that's how you get it reposted the soonest. Uh, it is much easier for us because we use a couple apps that just makes it pretty quick. Or if you just DM to us, uh, I'm able to share them. Uh, that is very helpful. So I've been appreciating and loving that. Uh, the shadow ban does seem to be going away, like I've spoke about in the last couple episodes. Still no idea what happened there. Don't know why the page did. I, I don't understand it, but uh, that does seem to be going away. So whatever Instagram has against us, uh, hopefully they're getting over it. But uh, that's that's pretty much it for our announcements. Not very much this week. I do just want to get into this interview. Uh, my guest today is Project Underscore Underscore Dad Underscore Life, correct? Yes, sir. How are you doing this evening? Doing good, man. Doing good. How are you guys? Oh, we're, you know, just enjoying the humidity and heat that we're getting here. I didn't realize that you were so close. You're just, you're right over the state line in Georgia. I'm right here in Alabama. Yeah. yeah, North Georgia. So we're we're feeling the same humidity and heat up here as well. So from Atlanta, where are you at located-wise? I'm not familiar with Georgia. I'm probably about 45 minutes north of Atlanta. Oh, okay. So, oh, you're definitely up there. So you're closer to, um, so what, like Tennessee? No, South Carolina? Um, it's kind of it's close to Blue Ridge. If you're familiar with Blue Ridge area, oh, okay. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm probably about an hour south of Blue Ridge. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I did not realize that you were so, for some reason, I thought you were more like Midwest or whatever. Um, yeah. so getting into this, this, uh, this interview, your dad, if I'm going over your Instagram, it looks like you're uh, a rancher, cattle rancher. Um, we actually had a part-time, I was oh, okay. called a hobby farm. So 
full-time i'm actually a fire firefighter so i don't advertise oh, that okay. a whole lot but yeah i'm i have a lot of uh stuff going on so yeah full-time uh firefighter and then you know part-time just uh farm farmhand um house renovation you know stuff like that I was going to say, I was going over your Instagram. Usually any guests that I have on, I just, I go through your Instagram to try to find different things to ask. And it looked like you farmed it, your DIY specialist is what I would call it because you do a bunch of DIY projects that we'll get into. Uh, I saw the cattle on there. It looks like you're even a welder. Um, yep. Would you yep. call yourself a pretty good welder, average welder, beginner? Uh, I would say pretty good. It was actually, I was a mechanic um, metal fabricator for a long time before join the fire department to get a little more stability, I guess you could say. So yeah, I would, you know, fairly decent. I'm trying to keep my skills fresh. Yeah. Welding, you know, I, I did it in high school. I didn't, I didn't stick with it, but it definitely seems like something you gotta, you gotta keep doing or you get rusty on it and you got to work back into it. Um, oh, for sure. Definitely. Was there, um, so doing, doing the mechanic stuff, what did you, was it like just a regular car mechanic? Were you into heavy equipment? What did you do as a welder? Um, I actually, right when I got out of high school, maybe about a year after high school, I went to uh, move to Orlando and actually became a certified Harley tech. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so I did that for almost nine years. And then in 2008, the market crashed. And so the first thing everybody was selling was their boats and motorcycles. And the industry got like really, you know, flaky for raising a family. So that's when I jumped on the fire department, you know, took about a year to get on with them Went full time with them just for stability. Like I said, you know, benefits, insurance, all that good stuff. And then so all these hobbies are kind of just what I've always done on the side. And, you know, that's I've kind of just stuck with them and I still enjoy them. So. So throwing in a little more DIY, like home renovation in there over the past five or six years. That's so you've it. pretty much kept yourself busy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so getting into this, how many, how many kids do you currently have? I have three, three boys. You, uh, you done? Uh, yeah, I think so. Our last one, <laughs> our last one is, uh, I think he's enough to, you know, fulfill all our, future kid needs <laughs> that's usually how it goes i um you know I, i'm one and done I, i'm good i don't need any more <laughs> but uh you know one of our first guests uh moto sarge man i think he, i believe he had five and i i just nope couldn't do it so i'm but i'm yeah, sure three yeah. I, i'm sure three keep you busy enough yeah it is definitely busy um you know luckily mine are good age spread you know i got 13 10 and three so oh, okay. they're spread out pretty good. They all have different hobbies, interests. So it's, you know, I kind of have a nice variety of, of spirits in the house, you know. There's something always different going on. Yeah, for sure. Are they all into, um, are the older two into sports or anything like that? Um, they are a little bit, you know, the oldest one, he's been around almost all of these projects I've done, you know, as far as the motorcycles and, and building tree houses and building houses and stuff like that. So he is, uh, he's kind of followed in my footsteps a little bit when it comes, comes to just being hands-on and you know, building stuff. He kind of enjoys that a lot. So he does the whole Lego thing and he's the one in the shop helping me out and my middle one, he loves the sports, you know, he's into lacrosse and basketball 
he does that and he helps out as well. And then my youngest, he's pretty much the straight up farm baby. So he's always outside with mama helping with the farm and the cows and, you know, raising, raising food and vegetables and all that stuff, riding his tractor around. Okay. So it's, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like you've got plenty going on then. You always have something going on there. Um, does the older one, you know, he's only 13, but does he say if he wants to be a firefighter, if he wants to, does he know what he maybe wants to do yet? I'm not sure. I think he wants to just be an entrepreneur and possibly have his own business. I can kind of see him one day doing that, but I'm not exactly sure what he has pinned down yet. Uh, he's, you know, he enjoys a lot of different stuff and he's, you know, he's, he has the smarts about him that I didn't have in high school. So he can sit down and like read a whole book and, you know, study no problem or not study at all and still make straight A's, you know? So he's, he kind of has the best of both worlds, I guess, when it comes to academic um, discipline and also the ability to work with his hands. So I think his future is wide open really. Yeah. Cause usually that's what I was going to ask you. Usually those kids that are good, you know, uh, mechanically or anything like that aren't usually um, interested in school or do good in school because it's either not challenging enough or just too boring for them. Or you have ones that are really good at school and just aren't interested in the rest of it. So to have both, I mean, the kid's got a great future ahead of them then. Yeah, for sure. I think so. Definitely. Um, so getting into that with, uh, you know, them being interested in all your, your, um, you know, your projects and everything you have going on. How many uh, motorcycles do you have now? Because it was hard to tell off your Instagram. I know that you have a Goldwing for sure. You made that clear yesterday. Yeah. Um, how many motorcycles do you currently have right now? I have two. I have two motorcycles. I still got so the, Harley, the Harley Dyna, and I recently just added the, you know, the vintage Goldwing. What made you want to get the Goldwing? Man, you know, when I was in the motorcycle industry working for a custom uh, bike builder, we had a, all our clients were loaded and they had like several different bikes and boats and sports cars. And so they all honestly got on a kick one day and they all went out and bought vintage gold wings because they wanted to just, you know, ride to the long distance cross country to the rallies and Sturgis and Daytona and all that. So they went out and bought them. They brought them off the shop and we did all the services and kind of tweaked them out and made sure they were, you know, road ready. And every, you know, me and the mechanics, we test rode and we're all like smiling and laughing, you know, like cruising around on these bikes and come to find out, you know, it's kind of like a, they're like mopeds. Like everybody really wants to ride one. You just don't want your friends to see you ride it, you know? Yep. So, I mean, they're super, they're super cozy. I mean, long distance, they're awesome. And to get into, you know, the motorcycle industry, especially if you don't have a bike and it's your first one. I mean, I bought that one for 1200 bucks literally two weeks ago and i've probably put 500 miles on it so far and i'm just loving it you know and i'm sure that the gold wings are like you know it it's sad to say when it comes to motorcycles and everybody's like harley 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 a, a gold wing is going to outlast a harley oh yeah in, in my mind you know just because you know, a bike like that, yours is like what you said in 87? What did you say it was? 86, 86. 86. Yeah. I mean, that bike will uh, run great for forever. I mean, I'm sure you don't even have to do much maintenance on those bikes and they'll just keep going. And, you know, the sad thing about Harleys is you you have to keep maintenance up and, you know, you, sometimes they just fall apart no matter what. It You working at a dealership, I'm sure 
you know everything about that but those gold wings man they just go they just run yeah they're nice i mean they have a little bit of maintenance to them but they're they're very easy to work on the parts are really um available and you know still cheap so you know, it's not like you you get into a big pile of cash when you're trying to upgrade or fix a harley you know it can get kind of pricey and uh, i mean although they're great i love my harley i'll never get rid of it but it's nice to have that other option you know, it's something you can get and you and your wife can load up on and throw some stuff in the saddlebags and actually, you know, go out of state and not have to be cramped up or, or have to spend 30 grand on a full bagger, you know, Harley bagger. Yeah. What, what came in the, that bike? I'm, I'm not familiar with Goldwing's, um, but what motor came in that bike? Uh, from 84 to 89, I believe it's a GL 1100. So it's 1100 CC motor. Um, and it is a four cylinder it has the you know four separate carburetors five speed so it's got the overdrive you know full electronics uh full touring pack and you know, all the bags are detachable in there uh, so pretty solid bike you know for road road worthy wise does it have some power behind it with that 1100 it's pretty good. I mean, if you're used to a Harley getting on any, you know, any type of import bike and just having the extra RPMs is always like, it might not be, you know, faster or stronger, more horsepower, but just, you know, revving up to eight grand, it kind of just feels that way. So, you know, it kind of gets the, gets the blood pumping a little bit, be able to wind it out, you know, versus the, the Harley. So it's pretty fun. And you, it's, you always see them going down the road and, you know, like you said, you can ride those from one coast to the other and you're, you're going to, you know, be comfortable the whole way on them. Uh, oh. Those bikes are just in- insane. And I've never, you know, I've never been interested in getting one, but man, I've seen them and I'm sitting there going, man, you, you look comfortable on that bike. Those bikes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're Cadillacs basically. And, um, they're never going away. They're just, they're like a regular, you know, street bike. They just, they last forever. And like you said, they are, like you said, you pick that thing up for 20 or 1200 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not getting a dyna for that much. That's for sure. I mean, no, no, maybe look anywhere. Even right. case. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, you see, there's guys asking with, I've seen on the FXR dyna trader page. I saw a bike not too long ago. And some of you guys might've seen it too. Had over a hundred thousand miles and the guy was still wanting an insane amount for it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The FXR and Dyna industry is just, the prices are insane. I mean, they're just, it's totally blown up the past couple of years. Yeah. I just picked up my bike uh, a month and a half coming up on two months ago. And you know, for what I picked it up for, for what I picked up my first Dyna four years ago, it's, it's insane how much it has changed with everything. Sadly. I mean, there's just, I remember looking at cars and trucks a couple of years ago, thinking that I wish I would have jumped on them then because now shoot, you, you make so much money on them with the prices that they're going for now. Oh, for sure. Especially if you get out there and kind of, you know, find the ones that aren't listed and, you know, like an older gentleman selling and kind of having the inside on those. Yeah. You could definitely flip them and make some good money. Now with your, and now what is your uh, Dyna with a little more information on your Dyna? My Dyna is a 2002 um, Harley Dyna. Uh, it's a narrow glide, so if a, it's just a FX, FXD is what the, oh, Dyna, okay. the Dyna was. Yeah, O2. And I picked that up uh, three years ago. Probably, I think I, I think I paid just over three grand for it. You know, and it was oh, a com- 
Yeah, completely stock, you know, single owner bike. It had 30,000 miles on it, super clean. And so I bought it and then just uh, stripped it down. And that's actually when I started my YouTube page was my YouTube channel was when I rebuilt that dyno. I've always done it um, over the past couple of years. And then I had the, you know, we had the kids and then, you know, kind of getting that, you know, worked out and financially and getting stable again. It's like, hey, babe. I think I'm ready to get another motorcycle, you know? And she's like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. So then it kind of started this downward spiral of, well, if I'm going to build another bike, everybody's doing YouTube now. I think I'm just going to record it and, you know, put it on a YouTube channel. So that's kind of where that all came from. And it's just built from there, all kinds of different projects now. Yeah. Now it's just, you know, it's just kind of father, son, DIY, everything, I guess you could say. So with the that motorcycle, how long or um, have you had? Was that Dyna your first motorcycle? Sorry, trying to word it correctly. Uh, no, my uh, one of the first motorcycles I had, I owned personally, was a actually a Suzuki GSXR seven fifty. I believe was my first motorcycle. So, and what do you what do you think about that bike compared to what you have now? Was that you know, wouldn't own one of those again, miss it. No, the only reason I would own a, you know, a, a street bike or a crotch rocket would be if I had one just to take it to a track, you know, and race yeah. it. But as far as like riding them, like, it, which I mean, I love the the bikes. I love what they're built for and what they're about. It's just comfort wise for me, it's horribly uncomfortable. You know, I'm on the shorter side. So I'm, you know, whether, if I'm riding one of those, I'm pretty much laying on the gas tank, you know, laying down and it's just not comfortable. And then you always got to test out the power, right? So when you ride a cross yeah. rocket, it's like, I'm just going to cruise around, you know, not going to be crazy. And the next thing you know, you're, you know, triple digits speedometer and you're like, oh crap, this, I can't not do this on this bike because that's what it's built for. So, you know, at my age, I'm like, yeah, I'll stick with the Harleys or cruisers. Yeah, I on our, our our last episode we were going over it and you know those um you know my my dad had one and he, I rode one I rode my brother's Ninja 1000 once. He got hurt at work. I had to bring the bike back and I just from one intersection I was like, "You know what? I, I'm going to kind of get into it. I'm not going to go crazy cuz I don't want to wreck it cuz it'll kill me." But I mean it was 100 miles an hour just like that. It was like the bike wasn't trying and um I just thought, you know what, the, these aren't for me. From a younger age, I was just like, I don't need, I, I'll kill myself. I know that any straightaway I get, I'm going to be cracking this thing open as much as I could. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's and that's so, what scared me about those two. I was, you know, I was always more of like a supermoto guy. I love my supermotos. The problem is, is they weren't good on the highways. Um, and so it's just like, from early on, I knew I didn't need a street bike, but the supermotos weren't good. So, you know, I, I went to a Dyna and it, it was just perfect. Like you can still get on it. They're still fun. If you get the shocks and everything correctly, they're fun through, you know, the twisties anywhere you go. But, um, you know, you're not hitting 180 miles an hour. No problem. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, it's it's definitely a great bike, you know, with the inflation, the market. If you take that away, I mean, it, it still is a great entry level bike from Harley, too, because. And you, I mean, you can pick them up for four or five grand and you know, like mine was a couple of years ago and they're a solid bike and the um, endless possibilities on upgrades and customizing and, and you, you, know, you still got that, you know, the cool Harley factor. 
really. Yeah, the name for sure is what makes the price, you know, that high. And, you know, just being able to say you own a Harley, you know, some people are just super proud of that. And I, I love my Harley. You know, for a long time, I did hate on Harleys. I When I was in my supermoto on my supermotos and um, I had one um, the FZ07, which was kind of a street bike, but you're not, you know, you weren't doing 180. I wasn't a Dyna guy. I did, I'll, I'll fully admit that I wasn't a Dyna Harley guy at all. And then um, I finally rode my buddies and I was like, damn it. <laughs> now I got to go get one. <laughs> yeah. Got a taste of it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's a great bike. Yeah. I, I love mine. I, the, my 2013 street bike that I have now, um, the only thing, you know, when I, I had two Harleys before and the main thing I looked for when I got a Harley was one owner and basically stock. And if the, and the one owner was an older gentleman, um, is what I, I mainly look for because you knew they weren't riding it hard and they were taken care of. Um, this bike was a little bit different. Uh, the guy that owned this bike was the second owner. He was a little bit younger, but still took pretty good care of it. But man, when I was looking for Harleys, I, I looked for one owner and older because they just, they, and they were both, both those dinos were perfect. I, I absolutely loved them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all my experience, the several Harleys that I've had, the best ones I've had are the ones that, you know, were one owner or multiple owners, but they stayed stock. You know, the, you know, back then, 10 years ago, people would completely destroy them bolting on you know chrome parts and multis crosses and slamming them to the ground and fat wide tires and nowadays you know this time and age it's not as bad because people are actually making them better you know versus worse riding so um, yeah now with uh do you have any maybe future motorcycles you're interested in or, or maybe later on down the road you're you're planning on getting yeah, I love the old shovel heads, and I've had several of those. Um, as far as you know, like kind of more on the custom bike side, I definitely want to build another full custom like frame up and everything, and do a you know shovel head four speed kickstart, you know uh, foot clutch, you know just kind of long raked out, you know kind of Captain America Captain America style, um, just yeah. something to cruise in the highway. But that I mean that would be more of just like a bar hopper kind of part you know project yeah like i'd kind of go to a cruise night or something I, yeah yeah just something uh, to tinker with for a couple of years maybe and build something out now do any of your boys show interest in motorcycles that had like maybe riding later on yeah they do my middle son he actually has a uh, kx65 so he's got the dirt bike and you know he cruises around um, my middle son he likes you know working on them not my middle my oldest son likes working on them but he doesn't really enjoy riding them as much but my middle son yeah he loves um, riding around his dirt bike and and cruising and getting getting crazy with it so i gotta keep up with him what about your youngest one does he show any interest uh, even though he's he's still young he probably will. He's got his power wheels right now, and we actually just did a, a Dewalt a battery conversion on that, so it's pretty quick. And I think his next upgrade will pro probably will be a little dirt bike with some training wheels on it, and maybe this Christmas he'll get something like that. But I, I think he would be just full throttle and not stop until he hit, hits a fence post. So he is a wild child. Hey, that is a, that's just a learning, you know, you got to do it at some point. That's just initiation into the, I think we all have stories of running into something that we shouldn't have on a dirt bike. Oh yeah, for sure. That's how you learn. Uh, I, I think mine was a barbed wire fence, which that was fun. 
That's always fun. I did that when I was little too. I remember. Yep. Um, and then, well, you know what? For my, I have a three-year-old too. And for a dirt bike, I'm what really caught my eye. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of the name of the brand. They're the little electric bicycles now. Um, Supercross, you know, they they're always showing them, but they have uh multiple sizes of it, and they have like three settings to them. And you're able to adjust the speed and everyone's saying those are great to start them out on before they hit like a, a dirt bike. Yeah, I've seen those. I, I think doesn't Harley make make one of those little scooters, electric ones? Harley does, but it you know, having the Harley name on it, it it's a little, you know, pricier. Well, I'm trying to think of the name of the brand of this bike. And everyone that has it, they uh, they do races at Supercross with them, the kids and circle tracks. But like uh, there's a lot of dads that go mountain biking that say these are great for them to follow them and they last a long time. And man, I'm, I'm going to have to look up the name of that because I'm blinking out. And um, they, they just say that those bikes are great to start them out on because it just it has the three settings and you can put training wheels on them at first, but uh, they get the throttle control down pretty quick. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I bet that would be some awesome training. I have seen those. Yeah, I've seen those little kids racing with like, and they got the full dirt bike helmet on there, and the helmet's like bigger than their body and the bike together, and they're just like zipping through the track. It's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, even some places are doing like, um, I know some places did like the balance bike races. Now they're doing those type of bike races uh, where they they have the actual tracks, and so it's definitely growing because so many or people are pushing for it and. You know, at the same time, I'm sitting there going, yeah, I want to get one for my son. But at the same time, I'm like, why do you get that? I didn't grow up on electric. <laughs> I was given a gas dirt bike and went out and, hey, don't kill yourself. So it's yeah, uh, right. it's hard. But, you know, it's, it's whatever gets them there, teaches them, you know, skills earlier. You know, it's always it's always better. But uh, those um have all, have intrigued me. I just got to got to think of the brand. name. It, that is bugging me for sure. Um. So getting into that, also you have a YouTube channel. How many subscribers you at now? Um, just at eleven thousand. Okay, so you you've got a pretty. And how many years have you had it? Um, about just over two years. Can't remember the okay. date I started, but um, yeah, about maybe two and a half years. So when you started it, did you plan on having your kids involved as much as you do with it? Yeah, the actually the reason I started. You know, my reasoning was like, hey, I'll, I'll record this because you know, me and the kids were doing it anyway. So I was like, hey, I'm going to record this. Worst case scenario, you know, or best case scenario, we'll be able to go on YouTube and watch the kids growing up, you know, down the road. And that would be enough of a benefit for me to spend the time and do it. And then, it, you know, that's what we did. So I pretty much, I didn't, my whole thing was, I, you know, I do so much with, you know, DIY stuff and do it myself. And I guess I consider myself a, a jack of all trades, which, you know, master of none, as they say. So it, it can be a, a blessing and a curse. So I don't create any of uh, this content that I do. It's just, I'm doing it anyway, and it's already planned. And it's just what we do as our lifestyle. So I was like, I'll just press record, you know, and start recording it and, involve the kids and teach them um you know some skills they can use and you know, the you know first year we did it, it was awesome we built the treehouse and did a bunch of other stuff and uh, i think the treehouse video went 
you know, went pretty good after, you know, about six months or so, but, uh, yeah, it's just something we enjoy. And like I said, uh, you know, when we first started, it's worst case, I'll be able to watch the kids grow up and we've already actually used it for that. We've clicked on some older videos and there they are, you know, they're about half their age they are now. And, you know, we're doing fun projects together and it's been really enjoyable to, you know, go back and watch. Yeah, it's something to keep those memories there. It's out there and they, they always know where they can find it. That's, I mean, that's for sure. Yeah. Now with that, uh, what current projects do you have going on with that channel? Um, well, since then, I've actually, you know, I got monetized about a year back. And so I've started to make a little bit of income off the channel. And, oh, you know, so it's, it's kind of been nice and it's kind of give me that taste. Well, hey, you know, maybe I can spin this up into a full-time gig eventually. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of the direction I'm trying to take it. And I'm not sure if you're really familiar with YouTube, but it goes by the algorithm. So, you know, that's where the jack of all trades has really come into play and kind of bit me in the butt because I've kind of had to step back and be like, okay, if I'm going to waste, not waste, but if I'm going to put a lot more time into this or continue putting time into it, I'd rather it pay, you know, pay me back or be beneficial to our family. So, I've stepped back a little bit and I think we're going to redirect it as, you know, just the, the DIY home improvement kind of dad shop and kind of go down that, that road. Yeah. And the, the other thing that I'm going to ask you this anyways, and you could add, you know, kind of add this in is with you being, you know, a Jack of all trades and having the YouTube channel and so many projects, how do you balance having that many projects with all your kids? not only keeping them involved, but, you know, spending time with them, not doing projects also. Yeah, it's definitely a balancing act, but I've noticed that, you know, my two oldest boys are in school, you know, so they're in grade school. So during the week, a lot of my, you know, home improvement, you know, honey to-do list items, I guess you could say, you know, I do while they're in school and I'm off with the fire department schedule, you know, I work 24 hours and then I'm off for 48 hours. So I'm off for you know, about four to five days a week, really. So I do have a little bit of extra time to do a lot of stuff. And, you know, most of my, you know, bigger projects, like I said, honey to do items, I'll just do when the boys are at school with something that I think that they'll be interested in and I can include them and it'll be a fun project and not like a punishment. Then I'll plan it out, you know, for when they're home or like on, over the weekend. And I'll kind of do, um, try and do the logistics of it, like getting the supplies and getting everything ready. And then when we all do have the time together, you know, just try and make it fun. And, you know, honestly, half the time or more than half the time, it's not, you know, they're kind of dreading doing it. But once I get them out of the house and within five minutes, we're cutting up and joking and, you know, then they're smiling and everybody's laughing and they're outside and they're actually swinging a hammer or, you know, riding a tractor or doing something. And they're actually laughing and they enjoy it, you know, that versus just sitting inside and watching a movie or something like that. I think it, I feel, you know, when they grow up, they might have a completely different opinion on it, but I feel like it is quality time and they will, you know, remember and appreciate that you know, time we spent together doing the projects. So for a, let's say new dad that, um, either has one or, you know, let's say five kids, but wants to do DIY projects or is what advice would you give a dad that wants to either doing it or get into it, having children? 
Um, yeah, I, you know, when I started, it was the boys were really young, like baby. And my advice would be just do it, you know, set the baby down the floor, be smart about it. You know, when they're a toddler, like you have to, you know, kind of baby proof everything, but you know, they'll enjoy it and it'll keep them entertained. Just, just start building it, you know, watch them and build it and in the shop or garage or living room floor or wherever. And, you know, the baby will entertain himself. And, you know, if you keep the, the safety aspect of it, you know, on point and stay alert to it, you know, I think it's beneficial for both, you know, the, the dad or the DIYer wife or whoever gets the project done, you know, the kid gets, you know, he learns his mechanical skills and, you know, touching, smelling and feeling and hearing all this stuff going on. So he, he, you know, they get used to it as well. And by the time they're a toddler, you know, they're over there hitting the, the nails in by themselves or, you know, you say, hey, get me the screw gun. They bring you back your DeWalt cordless drill and they're two years old, you know, um, or they, you know, whatever. I mean, grab your tools and they help out and they actually enjoy it. I mean, all mine have. Yeah, you know, once I get to the preteen age, I haven't crossed that bridge yet, so I can't really speak on that part. But you know, my thirteen-year-old, he still seems to really enjoy it, and you know, enjoy the time we spend together doing that. Yeah, and also they're they're learning life lessons. They're going to learn stuff they can use on their own when you know they're out on their own at some point. They they don't have to call someone or they have an idea of what's going on. You know, just basic stuff like that helps them so much later on learning just common sense or the basics of all kinds of different stuff. Um, I couldn't agree with you more there, just especially knowing tools, at least. I mean, Mm. if they can at least learn what basic tools, I mean, that helps them so much later on down the road. Oh, for sure. And then just not being scared of it. You know, we, I mean, in my full-time career in the fire department, we have kids that we hire on and they're 18 years old. And, you know, you, you, crank a chainsaw up in front of them and they get scared. They, they physically get scared and they don't want to touch it. And it's like, well, th- you know, this is part of your job. Like, you know, some of this stuff has to be done. There has to be someone there to do it. Like, you know, the guys that are doing it now are getting older. Like somebody had to do it after them, you know? So I think yes. giving your kids a huge advantage, just you know, them being around that. Even when, when my kids were very young, I had them in the shop and if I was doing something loud, now, they each have their own set of ears, so I'll just put their, you know, their safety ears on and put their safety glasses on them. They would sit there and watch me, and it would, you know, cover their, um, you know, cover the the ears to protect them from the loud sounds. And but, I mean, it wasn't long when until they got used to it. And if I was doing something loud, they would walk in the garage and get their get their ear covered by themselves and put it on, you know, and just sitting there and watch me. Yeah, you know, things like that, it just it, it helps so much. And especially when if you're a dad that's involving your kids, make sure that you have the right safety gear um, when you're doing any of this, because accidents happen no matter what you're doing. I mean, it, whether you're being responsible or not, you know, shit happens. It's oh, just the sure. way it is. Yeah. And you have you had any good. accidents yet? I mean, nothing that could have been avoided really nothing that wasn't just like you know just your typical and picking up a nail or stepping on a nail or yeah you know, picking up something sharp and they you know learn that it was sharp or picking up something hot you know in the kitchen while we're cooking or something like that i mean nothing that's been uh you know that's been a, a big roadblock or red flag you know so but then again your projects are going to take 
three to four times longer because, you know, like you were saying, you do have to be smart about it. You do have to, you know, safety is always first. You have to kind of pre-trip your, you know, your project or your area where you're working, make sure everything is kid proof and kid friendly. And, you know, it just don't, you know, be smart about it, you know, because like you said, anything can happen, especially in that environment. Yeah. I mean, anything to do with, you know, woodworking, you know, you have table saws, you have band saws, chainsaws. I mean, you, and when it gets to metal uh, welding, you have torches, anything like that. It's just, and like the other thing you said, it, it takes three to four days. The other thing that's, I'm going to assume super important is if you're going to involve your kids, no matter what age you have to have patience. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you have older kids, so you, you've dealt with it way more than I have. I only have a three-year-old, but just like he's wanted me to help me wash my bike. Yeah. It doesn't happen <laughs> near as quick as if I'm doing it myself, but he's, he's three. And so if you have any kid like that, you have to have patience. And I'm sure you've, you've learned that and dealt with that, especially having three kids now. Oh yeah, that's definitely something that's always on the forefront. And I'm I'm no expert by any means and it's always something I have to remind myself, you know, to practice, you know, especially with the kids, uh, you know, them jumping in and helping and it is fun and it should be fun and yeah, you have to have patience and that's that's one of the coolest things about being a dad is, you know, trying to imagine what your kids are going to think when they get older, if someone asks them, well, hey, how was your upbringing or how was your dad? What was your dad like? You know, hopefully they're going to say, yeah, my dad was awesome. He taught me everything and he never, he was patient with me and he really, it was great. My childhood was great. You know, that's the ultimate goal. So patience is a huge part of that. Now with patience, I'm going to assume being stern with them at the same time is very important with any of that stuff. Because, yeah, you want to be patient, but at the same time, you do need to let them know, you know, hey, you do this wrong. It can go very bad. And sometimes you I feel like sometimes dads having one and doing home projects. There was times where I was like, wow, my, my dad's kind of being a dick right now. But no, he was just making sure that went through my head. And it wasn't like he screamed at me. It was just kind of said it sternly. And I was like, you know, uh, the, you know, the way he said it, it was like, well, what I do. But it just stuck in my head. And then later on down the road, I was like, that's why he was like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I would consider myself uh, a firm you know, parent for sure. And I definitely try to you know, stay ahead of any of those incidents or I definitely, you know, tr raise my voice at times or sternly talk to my, my kids to try and lead them in the right direction and, you know, help them out and also, you know, teach them something ahead of time before it can happen. Yeah. And I feel like it's going to be it, with dads. I feel like, especially now, some dads are f afraid to be like that. It's going to be s so much better for their future. If they hear it coming from you, then when they're 20 for the first time, they're hearing it from some random manager. If there's some job for sure. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's always the fear. You always want to try and teach them everything you possibly can. And, you know, I think being, you know, I, I guess I consider myself an old school, stern parent, um, but then try and be new school when it comes to the patients and including them in everything and showing them everything. Because I think the, the whole dad, um, vibe has you know changed over the years. I think now it's hands-on. Dad is like what everyone strives to be, and 
I think that's a great thing how we've kind of um, come to this where all the dads want to be great dads and, you know, want to be the best dad possible and hands on with the kids and be stern with them and all that. You know, I think it's, it's a really good thing. Yeah, I see. I couldn't agree more with that. And, you know, that that was part of the reason I started this page was I wanted to bring more awareness to dads with motorcycles. You know, dads are starting to come out like you have Project Dad Life. Um, there's a page that I follow on YouTube where it's um, Dad, How Do I? I don't know if you've ever yeah, heard of him. Yeah. And that guy, the what his channel, that's amazing, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there's all these like fitness dad pages and everything. And so, like, I feel like social media is helping dads stay or dads learn how to be more involved than you know some were earlier on that you know maybe weren't as involved it was or harder um i feel like it is but to an extent because i do also feel like dads are getting a little bit um uh softer i guess you could say Mm -hmm. uh and i'm sure with you being in the fire department like you said you see some of these kids coming up you, you see that yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, you know, it's definitely an issue that's on the forefront of society now, 100%. Um, and, you know, I think it's just something that we're going to have to address. But like you were saying with the, the social media, I think that is a huge help because, you know, there's dads that, you know, might not be on the forefront of raising their kids hands on or being there with them, being patient, but yet they're on their phone and they see, you know, you and whoever else, me, myself, and everybody else doing this with their kids. And they're like, oh, well, you know, hopefully, you know, the whole point of it and a lot of the stuff what I do is hopefully that sparks uh, something in another dad to be like, well, hey, let's go build the treehouse or let's go build you a little dirt bike or a go-kart or whatever. And I think it, you know, hopefully gets that ball rolling. And, I, you know, I think that will help, you know, society as a whole, really. Yeah, I feel like, you know, especially in like the, this single dads or, you know, dads in general, a lot of them were afraid to um, take as many pictures with their kids or post as many pictures with their kids. It almost is almost like the uh, almost like a tough guy act kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping that a lot of them realize that, you know, taking a picture with your kid and posting it on social media has nothing to do with you tough or not. Man, you want you want to be a picture with your kid and you want other people to see it. And, you know, I. You know, especially in the motorcycle community, that is a big thing. You know, I I want more dads to take more pictures with their kids, share more on social media. Don't, you know, don't be afraid to take pictures of those memories and share them because that's what social media is for. It, you know, the other thing is, is I think some people are afraid to be like an, you know, a typical Instagram person or influencer when that's social media can be used for so many different things. Like mine's mainly for family that mm-hmm. I, my personal ones. I like sharing it with friends and family of me and my son that, you know, they don't get to see me every day. So they get to see these things posted or like you, you get to share all yours with other dads to show them, you know, Hey, you could start projects with your kids and make those memories. Like you said, they can come back on and watch years down the road with their children. Yeah, for sure. I definitely see that kind of trend. There's, you know, I think it's, you know, half the guys are kind of, really hard and you, you post a lot of stuff with your with your kids and you get kind of some negative feedback or just like cold shoulders and, and no one really cares or you know kind of judge you for that or, or say oh you're just trying to be an influencer like you said but then you get the other half that are like oh that's awesome you know I, and me personally I, kind of, I love seeing you know guys post projects with their kids or you know tree houses or whatever the case may be I mean some of the best uh 
most encouraging messages I've gotten or, you know, our dad's sending me pictures of their treehouse, and they, they've actually said, hey, I'm building this because you inspired me. And it's their kids and, and them up there. They just built a treehouse together and, you know, they just send a nice message and, you know, share the content with me. I'm like, that is awesome. Like, that's that's the best thing ever. You know, I think that's that should be what it's for is, you know, the sharing the positivity and, you know, I mean, it's good. Being a good dad is you know, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's not easy. Like, you don't just wake up and be like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a good dad, but just having that on the forefront and seeing other dads do that and you know, being something that you, that's what you aspire to be. I mean, in no way should that ever be taken negativity, you know, negative. Right. Yeah. See, I couldn't agree more with that. I felt like when I got my Dinah, I, um, I, I, I've always been very involved in fitness and working out. And when I got my Dyna, I saw all these like fitness dad pages. And um, I was just, you know, I was like, there's got to be a, a motorcycle dad page. There has to be out there. And I couldn't find a single one. And so even before my son was born, I, c- I couldn't wait. Um, I created this page because there was a massive hole, you know, motorcycles and, you know, dynast dads. It, it, it's such a huge community. I, I, it's shocked that there was nothing out there about it. Yeah, because me, me personally, I knew I had already known a ton of dads with motorcycles. My dad, uh, you know, my dad had them, but I knew like my best friend and, um, his dad and uh, you know there's clubs and stuff that were all dads and i was just like how is this not a thing yet and it, it blew my mind that there was not a page for that and i was like i gotta create this there's there has to be so many people out there with pictures of their kids on motorcycles and there needs to be a page for it because to me i personally think that it not only helps all these dads kind of like share and open up other dads to being like hey you let's take more pictures to get them out there but it also um, have a lot of people who follow the page that don't have motorcycles. And so not only do they just see this guy on a motorcycle down the road, I'm hoping that they start seeing, Hey, that that's more than likely a dad. And I need to pay more attention to him. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's definitely a, uh, a spin on it. And I, I totally agree with you. You know, it is something that should, you know, have been brought together. I'm definitely glad glad you did it's I always enjoy seeing the die dad stories you you share of you know the father and sons and daughters and you know watching the bikes or you know riding through the neighborhood or something or whatever it's always great to see that some of my favorite are the ones there you'll see this you know one of the photos of this tattooed you biker like you stereotypical biker guy and his daughter's working on her pink little tricycle right next to him working on his bike. You know, <laughs> yeah. those are some of my favorite because it's just it's so cool seeing that. And I'm hoping that so many more will join, not only get motorcycles when they're a, a dad, but, you know, share it and be proud of it. Because I feel like so many people are afraid to. I, I get it, but so many people are afraid to keep their motorcycles when they're dads or kind of share that they have a motorcycle because I, I almost feel like you're, sh- you're shamed for it. Like mm-hmm. oh, you're a dad and you have a motorcycle. You aren't, aren't you worried that you won't come home to them? Like I, I want to try to get rid of that and be like, you can, you can still have a motorcycle and be, be a dad. And yeah, you're, that risk is high, but you can still enjoy it and still be a great dad. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's, it is definitely something that is a battle, and a lot of people think that about riding a motorcycle. But, you know, life happens, and, you know, tragedy can happen anywhere unexpected. So, I mean, I, I think that's just something that's so hard to, you know, try and live by that and cater, cater your life to that thought of, you know, coming home. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's with most things. You're a firefighter alone. I mean, oh. your job alone is dangerous and intense. And but you know, you can't every day be like have that thought. You can't. I feel like it's more dangerous to have that mindset as a dad than anything. Oh, for sure. I mean, with, with that mindset, you know, how much stuff are you missing where your mind is not open and in that moment with your kids? You know, it's. I think everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I think you just got to, you can't live, you know, thinking in that, that way, really. You just got to move forward and count your blessings and live every day the best you can. Yeah, I, you know, and I do under kind of understand it. I, there was a time where, you know, I, um, I got my motorcycle. It, it scared me. I had someone pull out in front of me. I about made contact with the, the bedside. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was doing, you know, I was doing 65, I wasn't speeding. I wasn't doing anything crazy. And, you know, it did scare me. And I was just like, you know what? I, I kind of don't need one right now. And, um, yeah, I, but I got over it. I was just like, you know what? That was just, it, it, that was a, a one thing that, you know, you just kind of, kind of deal with, but it could happen. Like you said, with anything, it, it doesn't have to involve a motorcycle. So it was just, um, but I do get it, but at the same time, want to, you know, bring awareness to it and want people to think about when they're driving the, those motorcycles to pay more attention to them. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, motorcycling in this day and age is something in your mind has to be 100% there. And I still don't really, I don't like riding in like heavily populated cities. You know, I'm, when I ride, it's, kind of in the northern parts or through the mountains or, you know, just to and from to work, uh, stuff like that. If I'm going through the city, it's, you know, I kind of, I make it happen very rarely and I just hunker down and you know, focus and make it through. It's not something I actively do all the time. Yeah, I live right outside of Auburn, Alabama, which is mm -hmm. home to the, you know, Auburn University. And I learned very quickly after moving here to stay away from that university because college kids do not give a damn and all their faces are in their phones. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, it's uh, that's like I, every driver almost. Yeah. yeah I mean, and it, you, out here, I, I live out in the country. I, I'm not as worried about it. You do have those idiots that pull out in front of you, but you have it seems like a lot more time to kind of react. But in town. No, they, they'll they'll just run you over and not care. It, I mean, it blows my mind that people ride motorcycles in Atlanta. Yeah, that is insane. The drivers, I mean, it's crazy. But now they have this motorcycle, dirt bike, you know, kind of like gangs, but like clubs or groups or whatever. They'll take over the highway and just there'll be a hundred of them just riding down the street. And it's, it's, I mean, that's normal now. Yeah, I've I've seen those videos. I've seen those videos go bad, and you know, I just sometimes you know you see those group rides and you know it you see something happen and you go yeah that's that's kind of what happens when you ride like that on the highway i mean i get a lot of accidents happen but sometimes it's just like yeah you're an idiot i mean that's yeah if you, you know if you play stupid games you win stupid prizes yes and a lot of them win a lot of stupid prizes <laughs> and then a lot of them get mad that you know you're doing wheelie down the highway at 70 and then you blame the traffic around you that 
you know, has to try to avoid you for some reason. But yeah, I mean, I think that's a different type of rider, but it's, I mean, people act like that in their cars nowadays. Also, it's not paying attention. It's just different society. It's, it's crazy. And you know, it's, I definitely think it feel, it, it depends on who you ride around, who you, um, you know, I feel like a lot of those guys aren't dads kind of from what I see, but I know that once I became one, I slowed down even, even on my Harley. Cause even on my Harley before I had my son, you know, I, I, I still rode kind of dumb. And after he was born, I definitely slowed down. Oh, for um, sure. Definitely. I, I still enjoy myself. Oh, go for it. I was just going to say, I think now after having kids when I ride, usually when I'm riding, I'm thinking about my kids, you know, and just kind of going through thoughts and, you know, cruising and just relaxing, you know? Yeah, I'll I'll still go out and kind of enjoy myself if it's a windy road. You know, I'm not hitting it, you know, on my bike knee dragging or anything because I'm nowhere near that good, but I'll still enjoy some of the windy roads. But um, if I'm riding down the interstate or anything like that, I, I definitely use more caution um it's just you i feel like you you can never be too safe in populated areas like you said definitely yeah it's it's one of those things yeah head on swivel you got to be alert and ready for the worst well since we you know covered that so well i do kind of want to get into a project that i saw on your page and i don't know when this is going to be done but i need to see it done and i saw that you have a boosted ls trans am that you're building yes yeah that is my dad car so where did this come from how's it going do you see a, a end date on it yet yeah it is in the very very new project line um and it's actually a car believe it or not my my wife got me saved up and got me two father's days ago so that was actually a father's day present that my wife bought me trans am and then since then it runs and drives now and we've enjoyed it and i've driven it but the uh it has the 305 in there it came factory and the motor is just it's old and just beat up so um, i just got done building a ls motor for it and that's on the youtube channel and hopefully within the next couple of weeks we'll get that motor swapped out and put in and it's going to be something that's just going to be yeah hopefully within a couple months maybe you know, maybe six months max. It's not going to be a super fast project, but it will be something that I work on. And so how's the car? Oh. So how's the car interior wise? Was it pretty complete when you got it? Yeah, it actually, that was the one thing that was a plus. The interior was actually completely redone like a couple years before I got it. Oh, okay. Uh, and for some reason, the guy just, he redid the interior uh, almost brought it back to like factory. It looks really good. And then you just parked it and just left it outside for a couple of years and just no interest. So then and when I bought it, it was literally covered in dust. Uh, flat on the trailer and brought it home. So how is it on the cosmetically, like on the outside? Was the body still pretty straight? Was it, um, you know, beat up or cracks, Bondo? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of Bondo on it. The body is, it's fairly rough. Um, with those cars, those, the Trans Am, like the Bandit, you know, everybody knows the Bandit. The front clip and the rear clip were um, a lot of polymer and rubber back in the day. So over the years when they, they get dried out, they 
shrink and it definitely needs some attention on the body, but it has a halfway decent paint job on it, luckily. So I think I'm going to focus on getting the motor put in, getting it running, you know, top notch and then suspension, tires, wheels. And the last thing I'll do is address the body and get it cleaned up and put the original, the Phoenix or the, the bird back on the hood. So you're going to go with black with that Phoenix bird, or are you go in a different color? Uh, the bird is actually silver. It's the silver and gray. So, um, it, oh, okay. Yeah. So that's the OEM colors that that uh, package had. It was the silver car with the. It actually had the red decal package on it. So it, had, it was silver body, red interior, red decal package. But the red, it's a little too much. So I enjoy the red interior with the silver body, but I'm going to go with the silver and gray uh, decal bird and emblems and all that on it just to kind of tone it down just a little bit that'll still look good that that'll be a, a beautiful car once it's completely done yeah it's, it's been one of my dream cars it's i've always wanted one and you know, luckily we found a really good deal on that and it's just you know i, I knew getting it that it wasn't going to be like a quick turnaround car this is kind of like your kind of like your dad's garage you know five-year restoration type type car so which i'm i'm okay with it i don't have a whole lot of time to work on it with the kids and all the other diy projects but you know i enjoy the time i get to tinker with it and hopefully i'll be slinging donuts pretty soon now with that car do you with the motor and everything do you have do you have buddies or anything that kind of help you rebuild it or is there anyone that you you ask advice for or are you pretty much know enough um, actually, my my son helped me build a motor, but I don't oh, gosh, know. Okay. Like when I kind of grew up in my group of friends and my my family, no one, not a whole lot of people worked on cars or fabricated. Uh, so that's kind of like, you know, I'm kind of the first generation of doing that. A lot of that stuff. So uh, getting that detailed and like ripping apart motors and stuff like that. It's just honestly a lot of it I've learned from you, you know, YouTube and reading books really from what i've learned you can pretty much learn how to do anything on youtube now yeah that's it everything is on there and i literally have almost everything i've done it's just i'm not a professional by any means and i've broken a lot of crap but there's so much how-to knowledge out there these days it's just you know you simply type it in a old google search and it's right there it tells you how to do it and fail the first time then you'll be better the second time See, and I feel like that's a great lesson for your kids, too. And, you know, a dad getting into it, knowing that, you know, mistakes are going to happen. Things are going to break. You know, it, it it's just kind of part of the learning process, whether it's something they did. They did it slightly wrong than it breaks. Like, you got to realize that that stuff's going to happen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's that's one of the hardest lessons with my kids, especially if you know, they, something goes wrong or they break something or something doesn't work out exactly how they want it right that very second you know a lot of times they just want to walk away and you got to kind of encourage them hey you know what happened let's do this again you know this is why this happened just slow down it's not a big deal dude you know we can get another hammer or we can get another nail i have a thousand nails it's okay if you bent that one you know um that's always something it's always better in my mind to stick it out and redo it the right way versus just giving up on it yeah not taking any shortcuts or anything like that you know even if it takes you a little bit longer or a little bit more money teaching them the the correct and safe way to do something mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with that. I I feel like and I I had buddies that did it that learned shortcuts and stuff. And especially when it came to vehicle maintenance later on, there was a lot of my friends that had a lot of crappy vehicles because they just would rig it in some way or half ass it. And it just, you know, cost them even more later on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It always comes back around, which I've done a lot of that, too, with, you know, motorcycles and cars. And sometimes you just don't have what you need and sometimes a you know a coat hanger wrap is your only option you know but i think there's lessons in everything yeah teaching them that you know maybe you can get this done maybe if it's not you know you know thinking outside the box to get something uh, uh done like one of the things was <laughs> getting the cables through my damn bars for my dyna when I put uh, T bars on my old one. Mm-hmm. Like I had to use a coat hanger to get them through because of how much of a pain in the ass Harley made it then compared to now. You know, the newer Harleys, it's way easier to put T bars and everything on, but um, small stuff like that to help them think. Like just use use your head. You know, th- think of a process and and get it done. Helps helps them so much later on. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's. And that's one thing I've always been like, you know, hands on, like want to get it fixed. And my patience has not always been the best as far as getting stuff done and just getting it done and getting rid of it. So the past year, like I've really tried to step back and teach them that and, you know, and have that as a attribute is, you know, Hey, what are your ideas to try and fix this problem? You know, throw some at me. Let's see what you guys got. And versus me just telling them, Hey, do this. You have to do a, B and C do it you know so that's that's definitely one of the hardest things about being a, being a dad is stepping back and be like hey you know try this you might fail but you know give it a shot and see what you what you can do and what you've learned yeah let them make mistakes let them even if even if you're sitting there watching them and you know it's not going to hurt them let them make the mistake because they're going to learn from that mistake oh yeah of course some of the especially mechanicing like some of the biggest and DIY failures, some of the biggest things I've learned is because I've broke something or I've had to redo it, you know, five or six times or, you know, mistakes. And like, once I come across that problem again, I'm like, oh, you know, 15 light bulbs go off and you're like, I know exactly how to do this. I am a master at this because I've broken it 12 times, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and teaching them that, you know, hey, you're, you're going to fail. Don't get frustrated. Don't throw it. Don't, you know, walk away like or give up. Um, it's OK to walk away for, you know, and then come back. Sometimes you have to you step away from stuff, teaching them that stuff just teaches them, you know, that critical thinking, everything just later on just helps them so much with so many different issues and problems and or with jobs later on makes them so much more you know valuable. And you just stuff like that just helps so much with kids. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. If they're faced with a problem like that's and your kids can think for themselves and use their hands and work through something, even if they stumble along the way, they they will be miles ahead of everybody else. And that's the thing like not only will it help them with that, it'll help them when they're driving, when they're playing sports, with anything that like that later on, it it cuts into so many different things in their life that they're going to be, you know, that they're going to hit at some point. It's, you know, college, anything like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Now with all your projects and now that you've had your channel for a while and that you've done DIYs, is there any time where you, you struggled or thought that you were spending too much time on projects while being a dad? 
Was there any time where you questioned that? Absolutely. Yeah, that has always been a battle, even though, you know, like I said, we, I don't really, I don't create content. I just, you know, have these projects that we're doing and, you know, the wife has on the to-do list or I have on my to-do list. And, but there's all the time, it's that, that moment in your head where you think, is this okay? You know, our back porch or building our front porch or, you know, replacing the cabinets in the kitchen or building a pantry or building a motorcycle. It's, I think there's always that mental, um, you know, balance act that you have to do as a dad to spend just the right amount of time, you know, getting, you know, all the man stuff done and teaching the kids and then spending the correct amount of time with the kids. And it's, it's a balancing act. And that's one thing that I've always, you know, had to battle with honestly is balancing the projects and getting stuff done, you know, and versus, you know, spending time with the kids, spending quality time with the kids and not being concerned about work and projects and the YouTube channel and all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's definitely on the forefront in my mind. And, you know, I feel like that makes you an even better dad questioning that. Because I feel like if you went in there and went like, no, nah, I spent enough time with them. I got plenty of time with this. I feel like questioning it makes you an even better dad when it comes to anything like that. Yeah, I think it's just always that fear of like, I, you know, I don't want my kids to ever feel like and dad's always in the garage, even though I'm like. Like, that's my life. That's where I'm you know, happy, like building stuff, you know, that's like my retreat even though that's the case, I, I never want them to feel like, oh, you know, we're doing homework or doing whatever as a kid. And dad was always in the garage or always somewhere working, you know, that's really the biggest fear. So, uh, you know, always want them to think that you're there participating as much as possible. And you know, now you're not, I'm never always going to be doing that a hundred percent the way or as much as I would like, but it's definitely something that, you know, we battle with. And uh, and I think it always will make you a better person or a father. Now it sounds like you have a, a, a pretty good wife behind you. Does she push for it really, you know, back you on all of this? Oh, for sure. The wife is like the behind the scenes, uh, boss of all the, um, logistics of the YouTube channel and pretty much our entire life. So she does, you know, she's a realtor, so she does all the paperwork for everything. She is the computer smart one. So she helps me with pretty much every time I need to click a button on a computer, she shows me how to do it. Um, she organizes all that stuff and she encourages it. You know, she knows what, you know, what type of person I am when it, when it's coming, when it comes to just always having to, have a to-do list and do projects. So she encourages it and she guides me uh, perfectly with you know, pulling me back when she needs to and pushing me forward when she needs to. So yeah, I don't know what I would do without her, really. I, and I feel like that's super important, that if you don't have that, it makes things way harder. Oh, for sure. Even you know, if it, without the support of, of the wife, it's it makes everything impossible, really, because you're just... You're battling at that point, and yeah, that's just no fun. With now, with her, 
I, I could already tell she was a great wife when she bought you a transient because <laughs> right. you just don't hear about that. Right. Uh, you you never hear of oh yeah my my wife bought me a Trans Am for my father's day or my father's day gift it's usually like the wife going yep he bought another Trans Am <laughs> I know yeah she's special so I I'm gonna feel like there's some guys on here that are gonna have a little hate towards you <laughs> just because it's mainly jealousy of anything like that yeah I mean I can imagine I have some of my friends you know kind of say the same thing I'm like man I know I just can't count my blessings enough and you know I wake up you know probably luckiest man ever so you know with everything we have and it's i'm definitely grateful yeah my my wife you know she supported me on this motorcycle and she doesn't um you know hate on anything but you know if a new box comes in she goes what's that uh-huh, nothing don't worry about it and she, uh-huh. and she just kind of you know ignores it yeah. i don't get bitched at for it or anything so that's it's good to have that and that support and she likes writing too so having a wife that likes to ride, which sounds like yours does, and especially from that picture you guys took, um, that, I mean, that helps so much. Oh, yeah. It, it, when it comes to any of that, especially when they like to ride. Definitely. She, yeah, she really enjoys it. And, you know, with the parts and stuff, we, I mean, I, everybody, every couple has that kind of bridge you have to cross of, okay, well, how much money are you going to spend on this project? And, you know, we kind of have a clear you know, a clear view on that. We're on the same page as, you know, we, we, we kind of know what our fund budget is, you know, kind of for the month. And if there's a project coming up that I'm doing or about to start, we'll kind of get on the same page. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm doing next for a project. And, you know, it'll cost about this much to do it. But on the flip side of that, it's always, you know, for our house or it's always for our benefit. Like I said before, I, like I've never, just created content just to make a YouTube video. So everything I do is beneficial for the house, you know? So I'm buying lumber, you know, she's getting a new back porch or, you know, a new kitchen Island or something like that. Yeah. So it's kind of a fair trade. Yeah. And like the Goldwing, you got a new, uh, a new bike to you, but it's more comfortable for her to, for you to go on rides with you and enjoy that, you know, husband wife time, which is, needed always needed yeah for sure she's like yeah you want to buy a, a gold wing and it's you know it's that cheap and it has pretty much a sofa on the back for me she's like yeah i'm down <laughs> now do you have many uh people around you that ride also yeah i actually grew up like it you know my dad rode when i was younger and he always had a harley so my dad and brother they ride a lot um so we we're always trying to you know, get together and go on rides and I kind of grew up with it. So it's kind of, it's kind of second nature to, you know, always have a bike to ride. Yeah. And see that, that always helps, especially now. Do you, do you remember what, do you remember a specific bike your dad had when you were younger? One that sticks out in your mind? Yeah, he actually had the, the earliest one I remember was a Harley Dyna. It was a, um, FXWG, I believe it was a wide glide. Might have been a look. I think it was a wide glide, but it was. Um, it had a bobtail rear fender on it, and it was the black with the yellow and red uh, pinstripe around the gas tank. Uh, and it was chromed out, really pretty bike. But yeah, he had that for a couple of years, and I remember vivid, vividly. Um, you know, we were, he was building a new house and we just moved in and I guess some finance stuff come up, but I remember he sold it and it was like, Hey, let's go on the last ride for the bike. 
you know, with the Harley. So we, me and my brother went on a ride with him down the street to the park and back. And we were probably like six and eight. And, uh, so I remember that. So thinking back then as a kid, you know, my dad sold his bike, you know, for probably to probably take care of us or help with some stuff to raise his kids. So yeah, that was the first one I remember. And then he eventually, I'm going to assume, got more from the sounds of it. Yeah, he got another one. He ended up getting a 92 Fat Boy, which was one of the first motorcycles I rode. And I actually ended up, <laughs> I actually wrecked that one when I was 15. Oh. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was a fun bike. I remember that vividly. What happened there? So well, I, I was probably like 14 or 15. And like I said, I grew up with him. And my dad is very much a, you know, go learn go fail and learn you know, yourself and when you need help I'll, I'll help you you know he's a he's a great teacher plenty of patience so he he would let me ride his harley you know before i got my driver's license and i started in the driveway and i started out in the driveway then he would let me ride down to the neighborhood down the street and you know cruise around and i'd ride back i would wash it for him you know, then my brother he was older so he got his license I was riding it in the neighborhood you know, after school one day, and I was probably 15. My brother took off in his truck with one of his buddies, and we decided to race through the neighborhood. I was on the Harley. My brother was in his truck, and I laid into a turn going way too fast, and it started wobbling, stood up on me, and just went right through my neighbor's yard and hit their driveway, which ended up being like a three-foot ramp. And then so me and the Harley just did a couple of front flips through the air and landed, tumbled, it was it was chaos. So how'd your dad react to that? Oh, my brother was beside me in his truck because we were racing. So he ended up stopping. We got the bike stood up, the handlebars, everything was a wreck. It cranked back up, so I ended up riding it home. And I'll never forget that look when I pulled into the driveway and he knew exactly what happened and he was standing there in front of the garage and he just stared at me, didn't say a word. He turned around and walked away and went back inside. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can imagine, you know. Yep, it it's a, a look that says so many words without saying any. Exactly. Yep. Not a word had to be spoken, and it was, yeah, it was it was bad. And you know, lessons like that, I'm sure it you know taught you something right away. I mean, it, it was a, a shitty one, but I mean, I, I'm sure you guys kind of built off of it, and eventually. Did he end up fixing? I'm gonna. Did he fix the bike up? Or? Yeah, he actually he took it, and it was almost near totaled. So he took it to one of our custom local motorcycle shops, and they pretty much turned it into. Um, have you ever seen the movie Harley Davidson and the Marble Man? Yes. Okay, so Mickey Rourke's bike in that movie, um, it, it pretty much copied that, but it was black. So he put a, you know, he lowered it and. But uh, put some new wheels on it, painted it black. He actually put T bars on it. It was a it was a super clean looking fat boy. Yeah, he rode it forever, and then he ended up. Um, I got a motorcycle. That was when I got my uh, GSXR 750, and my dad ended up selling that one to my brother. So he sold that fat boy to my brother, and my dad bought a Heritage Softail. So then we all three had motorcycles at the time, and that's pretty much ever since then this is a couple of years after high school ever since then we've all three you know been cruising around together yeah making making great memories and having stuff like that to talk about later on is it now does he bring that up ever to make you feel bad <laughs> yeah every now and then we laugh about it and i mean we I mean between me and my brother we were pretty wild growing up so we've done 
And we have so many stories like that. It's just like, God, we were so stupid. I can't believe we did that, <laughs> you know? But yeah, he brings it up every now and then. It's pretty funny. We all get a good laugh about it. Yeah, and I'm sure like, you know, with that, he was upset to see the bike, but happy to see you you breathing and, you know, not, you not dead, especially, you know, landing on concrete where you even were you wearing a helmet. No, I did not have a helmet on. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. So I'm sure, you know, as mad as he was, he was glad to see you're OK with the bike not being. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm sure it was. I mean, anything like that, you got to, you know, it, it sucks to see, but it, it seems like everybody kind of has those stories. And, you know, you get, and, you know, back then you could do that. Now you, you couldn't do that. You'd have people calling the cops and, you know, your dad would be getting in trouble for letting you ride a motorcycle without a helmet through the street. I mean, there's I've got hate comments for people cruising down an alley with their kid with the helmet with a kid having a helmet on. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's totally different. Yeah, I think you're I think you can be a good rider until you wreck and then you become a you know expert cautious rider i think it really i'm glad i wrecked you know right off the rip because otherwise i wouldn't have understood you know understood you know i lived and i learned and since then i've never went went into a turn too fast and high-sided because of that you know so i think you definitely learn on the motorcycle and i mean wrecking a motorcycle it's it's going to happen someday eventually yeah, you know, when growing up riding, my dad was just like, it's not if, it's when. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of part of it. Either either it's caused by someone else or you're just getting too cocky into a corner. Or, you know, there's people that you see it every, you can go on YouTube and see thousands of videos who think they're great wheeling and then they loop out that one time. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, and that's why I, I, I see the guys that wheelie dinas and stuff. I just don't want to do it because that's a very expensive bike to replace. I know. I've tried a little bit um, when I first built my my bike, and I was actually started watching uh, John's Moto Garage. I don't know if you watch him, but I, I love that guy. He's he has some awesome videos, and he actually did a whole series of him learning how to wheelie his Harley. And so I tried a few times. I'm like, man, I I might be able to get it up, but my problem is, and I've always had this issue, even on dirt bikes and bicycles. Once I get too high, I can never hit the back brake fast enough, you know, and so I'm not running behind the dirt bike on the street, on the, on the grass. So if I'm on a, on a motorcycle, that's just not possible. You can't do that. You don't have the option to go over when you're going fast, you know? Yeah, and with a heavy bike like a, 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 a Dyna, I mean, it's just, it's so heavy and, you know, you slam that front wheel back down. You're just, you're screwing up stuff. It's, it's not a dirt bike. It's not a street bike. It's just not meant for it. And so to me, it's just like, you know, I, I don't want to pay to replace this right now. Yeah. And you know, that's why sportsters or something are better off doing that. Cause I know when I had that FZ or whatever, it was so easy to do it and I wasn't worried about it, but my bike, I just look at it and go, you know, I lay this thing over once. That's, that's a lot of expensive stuff to replace. Oh yeah. And the power. I mean, with the, with the Harleys, especially most of the Dinas that, that these guys stunt, it's like, you're not just wheeling from power. I mean, from horsepower, you gotta jump your clutch and throttle just the right time. It's all technique, you know, it's just, that's some hard stuff. Yeah, there's a guy from Unknown that did a video, I think, on Monster Energy's channel on it and how he made it look so easy and how he explained it. He's like, yep, you just got to kind of dump the clutch in first and lean back. And it's like, yeah, I don't feel like it's that easy. <laughs> no, it's not that easy, bro. <laughs> easy. 
now do you um do you have any future not i know we talked about motorcycle projects but do you have any dream projects later on uh, home wise car wise anything else that you would like to do yeah we have a lot of um we recently built a house so we have a lot of projects around our home that we're wanting to do and with a back porch transformation and uh finish our front porch and a bunch of home improvement stuff like that but you know eventually the ultimate goal would be to you know, either build homes or renovate homes would, is the ultimate end goal for the, um, you know, the DIY projects for sure. Yeah. And, you know, it, with a home, it, it never stops. It is just it's like a motorcycle or car. You just you could always always find something to do and improve it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I love working on motorcycles. And I love riding them. But, I, you know, it's one of those things where like I'd much rather have a motorcycle together and actually rideable. So when I do have that little bit of free time, I would much rather like go ride it with the wife or friends or whoever, rather than like go in there and like, you know, put some grips or put some foot pegs on or something like that. You know, I definitely like to keep it road worthy or road ready. Yeah. And see, I, I think in the same way, like if I ever get a project bike, I have to have a bike that's going Yeah, because I can't just sit there and wait or work on it. And, you know, I want to have something I can go out and enjoy and not have to sit there and just keep working on. Yeah, for sure. That's I mean, two bikes, that's like the ultimate like dream, right? And to have one you can tinker with and work on and rebuild and have one that's there to ride. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'd love to get like an FXR and build one. I, I, I know that um, people say they're just money pits and unreliable, but it, you know, some of them, the way they're done with the FXRT fairings and everything, I think they're beautiful. And I'd love to do one, but I, I you know, I, I have to have my regular uh, a Dyna or motorcycle running because if I just have a bike sitting there and I can't ride it, it's going to drive me nuts. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And those, the FXRs, the T's with the fairings, those are insanely beautiful bikes expensive too yes very i mean it's it, especially right now i mean anything like that any i i'd love to have a project car also but you know anything like that's just so expensive or so hard especially in the south you know finding anything that's worth it because there's guys selling these old cars that are just basically gone they're toast um body wise because they've been sitting out in the field for you know 15 years and yeah so it's it's I, I definitely do you think it's harder time now to have or find a project than what it was, you know, five years ago? Oh, for sure. I mean, especially, you know, with cars and motorcycles, like you know, five years ago, it was especially the older cars. I mean, and the old Harleys, like if a Harley got 30,000 miles on it, like no one wanted it. Like and it was hard to sell, like they literally had to give it away. Um, that was like my bike, you know, with the twin cams especially at the 30,000 mark because you have your, you know, your, uh, cam chain tensioner pads that wear out and need to be replaced. And then, so everybody was scared of the, of that issue. So yeah, you could scoop them up all day long for $3,000 for a 30 K 30,000 mile Dyna, you know, and now it's just not like that. Yeah. I mean, this, you know, what's happened in the past couple of years has definitely screwed up a lot. And, um, at the same time, it increased DIY projects though, when everybody was stuck at home. Yeah, definitely. You know, bored. It, it um, increased a bunch of projects, but at the same time, I think slowed some down, especially now with everything, you know, getting hard to get a hold of. But um, 
yeah, it seemed like it increased so much that the market couldn't keep up with it. Yeah, it's definitely weird. It's it'll be interesting to see what it does in you know in the motorcycle and car world in a couple of years. You know, see how these values hold, or even the housing market. Same way, you know, I think we're we're on the uh, the front lines of seeing something happen. I don't know if it's going to be a major downward swing or it's going to stay the same or what. But you know, it kind of feels like we're you know standing on thin ice now in in every industry. Yeah, you know, the motorcycle industry, it, 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 it helped used, it hurt new. I mean, it's insane what these new, uh, you know, these dealerships are paying for used bikes to get them in there and everything. But uh, I, I guess we'll just kind of have to see where the next couple of years go. Yeah. I mean, it either either going to get way worse or get better, but I, I can never tell. Um, but man, this has been a, a great interview. I, I this has got went way better than you know what I thought it would, especially with myself because um, I didn't announce it at the beginning, but my my co-host wasn't here. Uh, the guy, you know, my brother runs everything, so I, I was kind of nervous. But I, this has been an amazing interview. I, I so many great and helpful tips from you. Um, you know, doing everything that you do as a, a firefighter alone, which is badass. To everything you do DIY with your children and um, how you keep them involved and your goals and everything you have going on. It, it seems like you have a lot, but at the same time, you're, you're handling it so well. And, um, I know that some dads that are going to, a lot of dads that are going to listen to this or, you know, they're, they're going to know that it's possible that you can do all this and keep all your kids involved. Yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate that. It's definitely a, uh, it's definitely a blessing. It's one, you know, to not take lightly and you got to live up to that, that dad name, right? Yeah. And, you know, that's the whole that's the whole point, I think, of of it. You know, just if you when you become a dad, you want everything that you learn and more passed down, everything you absolutely can to help them improve their lives and make their lives easier. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the ultimate goal is just to be the best dad ever. And, you know, I think that's that's a good thing. If everybody has that mentality, you know, that's what we're going to do. And have a sweet Goldwing while you're doing it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, keep the wife happy. Yeah, a Goldwing, and you, we, we, when you're done, when you're done with that Trans Am, I need to see a picture of both of them together. Oh, for sure, because that'll be, that'll be a dad. I, that's just a dad flex. <laughs> yeah, dad flex. That's funny. I haven't thought about that one, but <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you can get some matching New Balance shoes. You, I mean, you're just you're, no one. No one can compete, man. Dude, I'm gonna be strong. That's what I told the wife when you get some matching helmets. It, it, yeah, you might as well just go all out with I'm it. I'm going to. And, and, I'm going to. <laughs> no dad is gonna be safe if you're cruising down the street or anything like that. That is hilarious. I, I, I can't wait to see that done. Um, but man, this has been this has been great. I appreciate you coming on and taking time out of your very busy schedule uh, to come on and do this podcast. And um, I absolutely loved having you on. Uh, if you want to shout out your Instagram and YouTube uh, to let people know where they can find you on both of those. Yeah, it's just Project Dad Life on Instagram and YouTube. You'll find me there. And like I said, I DIY kind of everything that comes up, home improvement, whatever, moto stuff with the kids father son bonding that's it so yeah your instagram is project underscore dad underscore life and your youtube channel is just straight project dad yes. life that's it but yeah 
people that go like and uh, subscribe to his channel, watch his videos. If you want to learn, I mean, everything that he's talked about and more, go check him out on uh, both of his social medias. He posts a lot of stuff on uh, both of them and uh, keeps you always entertained and um, educated for sure. There's already some stuff that, you know, I've seen that I, I was never interested in laying asphalt <laughs> or, uh, or uh, was it asphalt or concrete? Now asphalt, I can't remember. Yeah asphalt and uh i was like you know what that i never thought that i was going to watch a whole video on this but here it is yeah it's awesome yeah it's just kind of sharing what i've learned along the way and helping everybody else out and, you know i'm oh, i've always been the type of dude if i find something cool that works and that's fun i want you and everybody else to use it and try it you know what i mean i've never been the one to squirrel stuff away and keep it for myself so i'm always shouting out stuff like hey go try this out you know diy whatever so that's what Anybody's interested in, come check it out. Yeah, go check out his channel's page. It's great, and um, we will uh, see you guys on the next episode. And this is a uh, this has been great. Thank you, man, again. And um, we will uh, see you guys next week. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, man.